Hey, Scuttlebutt listeners. Uh, I know we tend to say, you know, talk up our guests, uh, but today's guest, I mean, this is truly, truly an honor. Um, I, I'm not, I don't have the word, so I'm not going to try. Kyle Carpenter, man, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. This, I, I'm like, I've seriously got goosebumps, man. This is crazy. Well, I appreciate the love and support. Thanks for having me. Scuttlebutt is like the greatest podcast name, oh. so uh, <laughs> love, love throwing it back to the, to the good old day terminology, so yeah, all good, and it's always great to, again, be in D.C., and uh, even better to be around Marines and, you know, people that, uh, that get it and that appreciate what we have and all the hardworking people and companies, you know, that keep our country safe, so Absolutely. super cool. Man, but having you here, uh, you know, like I said, I, I for one, I just gotta. I want to thank you for everything you've done for this country, for the Marine Corps. I mean, brother, thank you. I've still hey. got goosebumps, man. I was actually telling William that I was in Marja less than a year after you were. Oh wow! Yeah, and just how much things had changed, but yet still kind of stayed the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, dude, thank you for nah. everything. Semper Fi, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was my honor to serve. My greatest honor to serve. I would do it again, um, and I've had an amazing journey. Obviously tough at times, yeah. but I wouldn't trade a second of it for anything because, uh, you know, you have to take the good and the bad uh, to get where you are in life, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you can't have one without the other, and it's tough to to go through those difficult times yep. to be knocked down, um, but uh, to embrace the struggle also to learn from it, to grow, to get better. Uh, and you wouldn't be who you are, where you are, without the entirety of your journey. So Absolutely. Uh, that's just one of the many lessons uh, that I've learned through my journey uh, to you know, accept and to understand and to realize that um, you, know, you have to, uh, life is a journey and you have to embrace all aspects of it. Yeah. Well, I, one of the most touching things uh, as I was, you know, I've you know, been following you is like that story of you at home eating cereal with your mom and on your mom coming up and hugging you and, you know, promising you things would be, would be better and how that was sort of one of those moments like, well, I could sit here and just do this or I could make something of it. And dude, like. Yeah, th- that was just so, when I was reading that, it was just so heartfelt. I've got two boys. I, I, yeah, I just the character that it takes to, to push through that. I mean, well, I mean, I guess sort of what I'm getting at is, like, when I look at your resume, uh, I, one of the things I see, you know, you, obviously you got author, speaker, youngest living Medal of Honor recipient, Marine, all of that sort of like can be encompassed as a storyteller. What do you think that response, is there a certain responsibility that comes, do you think, with like having this life experience and then having this like genuine care and appreciation for other people's life experiences, sort of that merging? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we all have a responsibility to share what we know and to try to help others along their journey of life. You know, because we've all done more than some and less than others. Right, right. We all have different experiences. We all are on our own journey. So, you know, never compare your struggles or even victories with anyone else. You know, learn from others. 
uh, but never compare because your journey is your own. Your struggle is your own. We all heal in our own time and in our own way. Uh, but that moment at the kitchen counter was uh, by far my most difficult moment because for months before, um, I had now looking back, I realized that I wasn't that good in the hospital. But first of all, when you wake up after experiencing, especially waking up five weeks later, which they could have said, hey, it's five seconds right, past or right. five weeks, it's five like years. time warped, right? Yeah. Uh, it just, um, just uh, you know, it was more than darkness. It was just a, a, a void that you can't really describe. Um, but... Uh, after experiencing what you think and are certain in your heart and soul are your final moments, after thinking about your family, specifically your mom and how devastated that she was going to be when that government car pulled into the driveway or those two Marines in dress blues knocked on the door, to have those final moments and to be so certain of them, to wake up, it's like my baseline. I can never really be that bummed mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or, or take things that seriously or be. Nothing's quite as dire as it was before. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because from the moment I woke up until this very moment, every day has felt like a bonus round. And, and it's easy to be more grateful and to have the perspective and be, be thankful for the life and every second and day you have um, because I experienced the alternative. Now, it wasn't false, you know, happiness or optimism or, or strength or anything like that. I was okay in the hospital and in those first few months. They were extremely tough and mm. painful. Uh, it's not fun breathing through a straw You're in your right. neck pretty much right. for, for three months. Uh, but I was okay. And now looking back, I realize a, a decent amount of that was being strong for my family and my medical teams who were not only pouring their heart and soul into to keeping me alive and to getting me better, because Walter Reed is, shout out. Yeah, right, time. yeah. It's just an amazing family, mm -hmm. because you're not just a patient that as a doctor they're helping physically recover. They're wearing the same uniform as you, mm -hmm. so they get it, and That's they care point. about you, your family. Um, and so I wanted to be strong and to be good for them. Uh, but after, you know, months later, and also... That's how it goes a lot in life. You know, we try to be strong for those around us because we see that, hey, if we're hurting, our parents are hurting. Mm. If it's hard for us to breathe, it's hard for our loved ones to breathe. And even worse, they can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. They just have to be there and suffer through it with you. Yep. Um, and so uh, months later, because there were so many, we, Walter Reed was at max capacity three, four months after I got to Walter Reed, it was time for me to leave the acute inpatient stage. And I actually got to go home for a few months and recover. Still going to therapy every day at a hospital in South Carolina. And every two weeks, my mom would drive me back up to Walter Reed. Wow. And so, uh, which can be a seven hour trip or a 12 or hour, depending <laughs> yeah. on Northern Virginia traffic. That's right. Um, <laughs> And so that was our agreement between my chain of command at Walter Reed and my medical teams. 
And so it almost seemed too good to be true. Like you get out of the hospital and you get to just go home and hang out on the couch with the dog and the family and eat mom's amazing food. Uh, And so we agreed. I was at home and I'd only been home for a few days. And now looking back, I realized that this moment at the kitchen counter that night, it was about 930 at night after another long day of therapy. And uh, I realized that it was the first time that I had sat just me, my own thoughts, my own new body that I had uh, since, since the hospital, but really since before I joined the Marine Corps. And so I'm sitting there and I attempted to be a big bad Marine and make myself this bowl of cereal because of course you're wanting to regain your independence. Could barely lift the milk, it felt like it weighed 100 pounds and it was only about half full. I got the cereal poured and you know, with every bite, I just felt like I was being just defeated because at this point, all my teeth had been blown out by the grenade, mm-hmm. uh, severe nerve damage through my face. I hadn't had the nerve grafts in my arms or the tendon transfers to my fingers, so my wrist just hung really bad. And so sitting there eating the cereal, it was like, man, every single bite, I just got more down and down. And then out of nowhere, you know, from after being good for the past three and a half, four months, immediately I crashed and, and hit a mental, mental and physical and emotional rock bottom. And uh, I'm going to blame the tears on the medication because, you know, Marines don't cry. <laughs> That's but, right. Uh, Shouldn't be you chopping know, onions. <laughs> the tears started to flow. My mom ran in from the living room, you know, asking me what happened, uh, what was hurting, what was wrong. And all I could choke out was one simple and devastating question. And I said, look at me, who's ever going to love me again? And first of all, it's never good to ask yourself daunting questions in life that no matter what you do, you're not going to know the answer for for years. You just have to stay the path and and keep true to the journey. It's like hindsight knowledge. Exactly, exactly. Um, But as I sat there crying, a few moments passed and I immediately I regretted saying it because I saw for the first time that when I lost hope mom kind of lost hope and it it broke her heart and uh but after time has passed I don't know how I had this insight sitting there all banged up you know under the dim kitchen lights of our counter that night but I just realized that in life first of all if you're here if you're alive you're gonna face adversity. Surprise, surprise. Right. It's the Spoiler. one common thread. Scars and adversity is the one common thread throughout every single person in this convention, every single person on this earth. Um, but when we get knocked down or blown up or you know whatever insurmountable odds you are faced with, we really only ever have two options. And that is to get up and take that small, shaky, uncertain step forward. You don't have to have a perfect plan. We rarely do, if, it, if that such a thing even exists. Right. You don't have to have a perfect plan, but you have to, in good time, you know, you can take a day or a month or maybe the rest of your life to work on healing. But eventually you have to get up and all you can do is move forward because the past is truly the past. There's nothing we can do. Again, surprise, there's nothing we can do to change, get back, or erase one second of what's happened. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but we can get up and, and move forward or we are going to sit at that kitchen counter for the rest of our life. And I'm so thankful for that small, shaky, uncertain step I took from the counter that night uh, because it's led me to crossing the finish line of three marathons, going skydiving across the world, uh, you know, being alive and happy and healthy enough and recovered enough to be here to be around Marines, to experience new things in life, whether that's just like exploring a new trail on my bike, reading and learning something from a new book, or just spending time with loved ones, or to be able to just call and say, hey, thanks for what you did for me. You know, I love you. Yeah. Whatever it is, I'm still here. You know, life is good. And again, it's okay to struggle because we all do. Um, but you do have to realize that at some point, when you're ready, sooner than later, you have to get up and you have to move forward because your life is ahead of you and not behind you. Yeah. Lessons learned come, you know, from your past, but you have to move forward. Yeah, yeah, you got to take that full 30-inch step, right? Mm -hmm. And even some certain things that might some of like most of us might take as mundane, um, probably we all need to be a little more introspective and see the value and the blessing in that. You know, thinking about like how you got your degree from University of South Carolina, like you joined a fraternity. It's like all these things that we just count up, like air quotes, the normal experience. Like these are all wonderful, unique things. And you They're have experiences. Yeah, exactly. And, and everything in life, good or bad, every person, every experience can teach you something if you are willing to pay attention and to learn from it and to think about it after and kind of, kind of uh, – you know, dissect it, I guess. Uh, but that's a great point because if I could describe my entire journey in one word, it would be perspective. Because mm -hmm. perspective allows you to, to not only constantly search for, but to, to, to find and to, to appreciate the silver linings and blessings throughout life, which at times can seem very, very faint. Right but they are always there. You know, perspective allows us to see the most of people and the world around us. And perspective, you know, allows you to look at that glass half full, you know, but also not forget when you could only see it as half empty. Right. And perspective really can shape your life, your mindset, and your world. And so uh, that's one of, I guess, my foundational points when I speak to people is, um, hey, it's not, it's not what happens to you. It's how you approach it. It's yeah. how you accept it. It's how you get knocked down. And when you're knocked down, you think about, hey, you know, that was on me. Or I could have prepared better. Or, you know, I lost a loved one. And as devastating as that is, and as much as I'm terrified to have any more hurt in my life mm -hmm. after losing my buddies and having one grandparent left and all of our parents get older like that that is almost a crippling fear but keeping perspective you can say you know I lost him too soon which it's always going to feel like too soon but instead of saying hey I lost him too soon you know wow I had 74 years yep, yep. to spend that time and they know that I loved them and and we had all those Christmases and, and great moments and tough times together. 
so it's really the approach and how you accept, you know, that external output. Yeah. Well, speaking of approach, like, what, what would you, and, and as you are on your speaking engagements, as you are engaging with this current generation of Marines, soldiers, sailors, airmen, recent veterans of the, you know, of the long war, like guys who, um, you know, sort of, I guess, I hate to say on the tail end, but, you know, they're out, they're veterans of a war. Like, what are some of the things, the perspectives, the approaches that you would say to them when you have this, like, weird generational gap? You have, like, people who are in it, like, their entire career. Then you have those who are now recently out. And then you have new accessions and these this new generation who don't even remember 9-11, for example. Um... I would say that none of that really matters. Okay. Because I would, I believe that before all of that came, you know, we can't help what generation we're born in. Right. right. Or when we're born. But um, before all of that came, the exact same similarity between every single veteran and service member is they walked into a recruiting station and they raised their right hand to give up to their life for a greater purpose for our nation for each other for those that they were going to serve with that they had never met and people that might not even appreciate or respect the uniform they love all the liberties and freedom we have mm -hmm. and uh and they just don't understand that is extremely powerful and profound. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything stronger in the world or more powerful than the heart of a volunteer. So I would say, really think about what you did and how amazing that is. Be proud that you raised your right hand. Be proud that you served. Whether it's four years, 30 years, whether you're a sergeant major or you got out as a Lance Corporal, whether you went to combat, whether you didn't, no matter what your job is. And one thing, never discredit yourself, because mm -hmm. it really bothers me and, and kind of eats me up inside when veterans approach and they say, first, one of the first things they say, oh, well, I never went to combat or did anything like you. Okay, well, what'd you do? Well, I'll supply. Well, because of the supplies that you helped manage, maintain, get on that bird, logistically get out to the troops saved my life and because of your job not because of mine because of your job now we're sitting here having this conversation you were able to meet me I was able to meet you and now because of what you did you know I can help the effort of going out and making a positive impact in the world so never discredit yourself and I always get asked about transition when it comes to veterans. Sure. Take time, no matter what transition, into the military, out of the military, into college, into a job. Transition is the unknown. But we are experts at the unknown. We joined a life of service. We didn't right. know what the next PT morning entailed. We didn't know what the next deployment entailed. We didn't know if we were going to make it home from the next deployment or training op. So... It's okay, transition can be scary, especially when you have family members and loved ones depending on you. But take time to think about deeply where you're at, where you've been, where you wanna go, what your goals are, and 
spending just a few minutes every day thinking about something can mitigate so much of the hardship and the unknowns that come with it. It was pretty crazy leaving the hospital after three years and starting as a freshman at University right. of South Carolina a week later. Yeah. Um, but I spent a lot of time thinking about it in the hospital. Do I want to hang the uniform up? If so, what do I want to do? Okay, I'm going to school. I started bringing a tutor to the hospital. I did a couple of internships just to start getting around civilians and out of the military strict mindset. So think about it and know that transition is a natural and good part of life. You have to grow, you have to do it. Whether you serve 50 years or four, you're gonna have to transition, okay? It's inevitable. So again, perspective, focus on that you did it. Mm -hmm. You served, you had the experience, you raised your right hand, you gave four or 30 years of your life to a greater purpose, and now it's on to the next chapter and continuing to work towards becoming the best version of yourself. So, and, and veterans, we have a, a, an insane amount of potential in the world and in the workplace. You know, as a, as a CEO, you could say to a veteran, hey, we don't have the resources. You get a two or three man team. Uh, we don't know exactly how we're going to accomplish this objective, but I need you to do it by yeah. Friday at close You're of business. You're understaffed and overworked. And it'll be done by Thursday at close of business. Right. So for those that are potentially going to hire veterans, understand our worth. And, you know, there's always the 1%, whether it's veterans or anybody, any group, any organization, there's always that 1% that isn't going to uphold the standard of all of us. But for the vast majority, veterans are – incredible people yeah and we can contribute a lot if you know with a little bit of patience and helping us out because as y'all know the military mindset is drastically different from the real world but all the same lessons and principles apply mm -hmm. and have been learned it's just the terminology which about my book you know my podcast whatever i do i've realized that you know, over the years doing various events, another thing that people always say is, um, you know, well, I, I never served in the military, but, and then they will proceed to tell me their own version of struggle or their mm -hmm. own kind of journey of life. So I realize, like, yeah, we're all on the same journey. Of course, we all do and know different things. It's just a matter of the words and approach. To, to make that bridge to where everyone can understand. Right. So speaking of that bridge, uh, as the civilian in the room right now, <laughs> I, 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 civilians range from idiocy to genuinely caring and wanting to relate to vets and help them uh, express their experiences because we do care and love you. What can civilians do to help uh, veterans uh, better relate and bridge that gap you're talking about between uh, our world and, and y'all's? Yeah, that's a great question, and I would, um, I would say, you know, you can learn a lot just, you know, off, it is 2023, off Google, YouTube, you can learn a lot about the veteran culture, about our military and what we do, um, but when it comes to the real world, everyday type of experiences, if you see a veteran, you know, most veterans are either humbled or 
for some reason kind of embarrassed to be approached, but the vast majority appreciate it, you know, and, and they don't mind talking about their service, whether they're missing three limbs or they never went to combat. You know, they do have a story and a journey and they did serve. Um, so at least I, and I encourage others like, hey, people didn't have to come over and take the time to ask you about your service and to say thank you. Um, so instead of just, hey, thanks for your service, which that's appreciated too. Sure. But hey, thanks for your service. Hey, what'd you do in the military? Mm -hmm. Oh, what was that like? What was Afghanistan like? Or, oh, what was it like working on helicopters? Whatever it is, show some of that interest. You learn. They learn how to maybe speak to civilians better or to maybe it's the first time they've ever really thought about, like, oh, what did I do? You know, how do I feel about that? And just, uh, you know, it's a work in progress, and every conversation contributes to that, that expanding of knowledge. Uh, but really just take the time, and ultimately, whether you approach a veteran or not, as an American and as just a human being, to just appreciate and respect, you know, that they serve, and um, just be thankful and enjoy the life that, that you have and that those that haven't served, which is obviously totally fine. We all contribute to this country and we all have our own path. Um, but really just, you know, appreciate and be thankful for what we have and that, that you can leave here and do whatever you want for the day or in life. And um, yeah, you can get high and tights like me, still staying motivated, <laughs> yeah. or you can grow out your hair to have, you know, a lush flow like you. Yeah, so. It is a lush. Well, it's, it's uh, we have kind of the array, because like, I've noticed veterans either go three ways. They they keep high and tight, no facial hair. They keep high and tight. Grow a beard. Grow a beard, or they're just like, to hell with it, and then just go full, <laughs> full Grateful Dead hippie. I, I'm working the middle, you know. I, I, yeah. keep, I keep the nice haircut, but uh, I'm rocking the beard. That's so. right, that's right. Well, Thank you for coming on our show. We really appreciate you. Do you have any uh, plugs or any uh, yeah, way we what can? Yeah, what are your current projects? Uh, so I do a lot of public speaking. Um, a year ago, I started a podcast, which I'm doing everything completely on my own. And I'm going Amen around the that, country. <laughs> Two people. I'm dragging an old uh, rifle Pelican case around that's still covered in dust. But now it holds two microphones. Um, I have a very amateurish YouTube channel that during COVID, I made some videos just to help give people some positivity and get through the weird and um, strange times that was COVID. But ultimately, no matter what I do, again, I'm grateful to be here. And knowing how valuable and precious time is, anything that I do is intentionally another tool to put in the toolbox because I have all these different things going on, but ultimately my, my main goal in life is to make the greatest impact on the world that I can with the time that I have. So anything I do is intentionally geared towards helping that goal. Awesome. Well, Kyle, I again, such an honor, absolute honor. Thank you. Thank you for all that you do. Uh, for our listeners, you can be found at williamkylecarpenter.com, correct? Yes. Uh, Will will po post links and stuff to your podcast, your YouTube channel. What's your, your podcast LinkedIn. called again? The Kyle Carpenter Podcast. Oh, easy day. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. easy day. I, Kyle I was going to go with happy to be here, but there's a few of those out there upon further Yeah, research. I'm sure that's more weed-based so. podcast <laughs> <laughs> content, too. But, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad I settled on that now just for connectivity and kind of name recognition and mm -hmm. just allowing that to kind of sync up with all my other stuff. But, um 
Yeah, I also love Instagram. Um, okay. Not in really the social media type of way, but uh, I've seen firsthand that it is a, a unique and can be a very powerful tool if utilized correctly to connect with others and to help others along their journey. Sure. I mean, it's how people communicate. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, it, it's a journey and it's a, a continuing work in progress. But hey, yeah, we'll lead the way, brother. It, it's, uh, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it and uh, look forward to seeing you again in the future. Yeah, please. Can't wait. Absolutely. Cool. Scuttlebutt is a production of the Marine Corps Association. I am William Trudy. But you've also heard the voices and contributions of Vic Rubel, USMC retired, Anti Lichman, or Ty Frazier. The opinions expressed in this episode do not reflect the official stance of the Marine Corps, DOD, or Marine Corps Association.